only the name of Jesus. And kids can be excused if you like to go. But there is no other name where some where man can be saved. It's only by the name of Jesus. There is no other God. There are many gods in the world. And they have a little G. But there is only one true God. There's only one creator in heaven and earth and all that is in them. And that is the Lord God Almighty. He is the only God in Jesus. is the only name by which a man may be saved. It's only by Jesus Christ. Jesus was in the boat with Peter and his disciples and Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. And Jesus says, you're right, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, meaning he didn't get it with his own common sense. It wasn't by knowledge. It wasn't by because he studied something out. But it was revealed to him by God himself. God will reveal your heart. He will reveal things to your heart as you want to know them. But we're just to preach Christ to you. And that's the power that's supposed to remove blinders from your eyes. To see the true redemption that comes in Christ only. Acts 4.12 says that there is no other name by which man may be saved. No other name. People call on the name of Buddha. People call on the name of Mary. People call on the name of the saints. Peter, John, Mark, Matthew. And they call on these other names thinking they're going to get somewhere. And all throughout scripture, all throughout all of the teachings, from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament, declares Christ, the Redeemer of the world, the only one who can do it. There's no other name by which a person can be saved. You can't. And it's a spiritual thing. You can't see these things. It happens on the inside. It's a transformation, the new birth. When it happens, it happens on the inside of you. Do your circumstances look different? No. Do you look different? No. But there's something that's changed inside your heart. Something that's happened inside your heart that makes you know that there's something different. It doesn't look different. It doesn't look different. Sometimes it doesn't even you know, feel different. But in here, you like, you're like, there's something. There's something in there that's happened. And that's because God revealed Christ to you through the preaching of the word. There is no other name. Acts 4.12 Nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. It's only through Jesus. Verse 10, Hebrews 4 verse 10 says, Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by his name, this man stands, by him this man stands before you, whole. 
This is the stone which was rejected by the builders and has become the chief cornerstone. The stone that re was rejected is people just don't want to think it's all about one way. People want to have many different ways to God. But it's one way. And people will reject that. People will say, no, you know, I think that we could do this and we can do that. We're all going to the same place and blah, blah, blah. But that's not true. It's only by one name. Buddha doesn't declare himself to be God. He never did. Muhammad never declared himself to be God, yet people follow him. The only one who's ever declared himself to be God is Lord God Almighty, Jehovah God. He's the only one who testifies of himself. He says that my witness is true. There's three that bear witness, the spirit, the blood, and the word. And those three agree. He has a witness that he is God. Even the stars in the heaven and the earth, they all declare his glory. There is only one creator. There is only one Jesus. And that is the only way to redemption and salvation. Galatians 3.13. Let's look there for a second. There's so much in this redemption in Jesus. Galatians 3, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14, So that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, who is us, in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That faith is a believing in Him. Just believing, just understanding that God is who He says He is. That there's, there's really just no other way. And that we're, re we're redeemed from the curse of the law. <clears throat> that curse is, is full of sickness, it's full of disease, it's full of poverty. It's in Deuteronomy 28. I don't want to go into it. I was going to, but I'm not going to. And it's full of, of, of poverty, sickness, disease. It's full of um, like lack of peace. It's full of stress. But those are the things that when Christ died, he redeemed you out of them. And when you start walking in the newness of God, when you start realizing it's only by him that you're saved, and then you start developing a dedication and a devotion to him, that things start transforming in your lives. The outward starts reflecting of what's happened on the inside. But you've got to believe what's happened on the inside before it can transform your outside. Are you still going to have weird thoughts? Yes, you will. That's a soul issue. You have to fix your soul. The Word of God says that you renew your soul by the reading of the Word. You cleanse your soul. You cleanse your thoughts by the reading of the Word. And so the more you, so I'll just sit down and I'll just read it, just to read it. That's not my study time. That's not my prayer time. That's not my praise time. I am renewing my soul to the Word of God. That's all I'm doing. That's it. Just sit down to read. I don't have an agenda except to renew my soul to the Word of God. That's it. Then there's other times for study. There's other times for worship. There's other times for prayer. But you have to be intentional to renew your soul so that you don't forget what's happened on the inside of you so that it can reflect on the outside. <coughs> If you don't believe what's happened, 
you won't walk in it. And you got to walk in it. You got to start walking in it. Romans 10. Verses 8, starting in verse 8. Excuse me. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what do you have to do right there? Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We talked before about the words uh, confession is made unto salvation. That's a continued work. We don't just look like we're walking in the blessing right when we're saved. You just don't. It's a walk. It, it's, a, it's a continuous looking at the word. It's a continuous raising your hands because he's greater than I. Because he needs to dwell in me. Because he's the one who's changed my heart. He's worthy. So I lift my hands because I give praise to him. Not because I want to stand up here and somebody looking at me because I'm praising God. I'm praising God because I'm praising God. That's the only reason why. I don't care what anybody thinks. It does, and it shouldn't matter. It does matter to us, though, a lot of times. We do think, we wonder what everybody behind us might be thinking. But now you're not concentrating on God when you come to church if you're worried about what the person behind you is thinking about you. Your focus has got to be, God, you redeemed my life. God, you have restored me unto righteousness. You have healed my broken body. You have redeemed my life from destruction. That is your focus. Does life suck sometimes? Yes, it does. My pastor preached a message the other day that just because you're saved doesn't mean that it's not going to rain on your parade. Right? He preaches a good word. I love my pastor. I love my pastor. Preaches a good word. But it means that we'll have the victory through the rain and at the end of the rain. Right? Not just, we don't dwaddle in the rain and sit in the rain and say, oh, I can't wait till the rain ends. No, we shout victory in the rain. We shout redemption in the rain. We scream our salvation. My God is triumph in this rain, in this battle. I'm already victorious. I fight from a place of victory. Hallelujah. I'm, not, I'm not waiting for the victory. I'm already victorious because I'm already in Christ Jesus. Does it look like I am? No. <laughs> when I was first saved, no. No. It didn't. I still cussed. I still drank. I still smoked. But I walked it out. I continued to walk out my salvation. I had a miraculous healing. I was set free from drug addictions. Some things, you know, I was set free from those things that had a hold that I hated and despised and I didn't know how to get away. God set me free. The things that I loved more than God, I had to lay those down because I wanted to show him he was more important than those things. So I laid them down. It was my choice for him. I wanted to do it to honor him for what he did in my life. He redeemed me. 
The word tells us about not resisting the Holy Spirit as they did in the past. They resisted the Holy Spirit. And it just kept them stuck. It kept them stuck from receiving more of God because they resisted transformation. They resisted things that would change in their lives. They were like, no, I don't want to really get rid of that, God. I really, I really like this one thing, God. And then he can't do anything more. He can't give you anything more until you do what he's already told you to do. And then when you're done doing that one thing, then he'll move you to the next. Have a tender heart before God. Have a tender heart before God. He has come to heal the brokenhearted. He has come to seek and to save that which is lost. He has come to declare the acceptable year of the Lord, which is now, which is every day you wake up, is the acceptable day of the Lord. Today is the day of salvation. Every day is a day of salvation. Every day you choose to walk in it, or you choose to walk away from it, depending on what you're doing. Every day is a day of salvation. We are to live victorious life, but we can only do that in Christ. Because it's by His strength that we're able to do it. We can't do it on our own. But you have to get to God. You have to get in front of God. You have to lay down yourself and you have to say, Okay, God, I need your strength within me. And He will lift you up and He will build you up. You got to give it to Him. You got to give it to Him. So let's look at the victorious life in Christ. Let's go to the blessings, which I believe are in Deuteronomy 28. It talks about the cursings and the blessings in Deuteronomy. Is it 28, babe? Am I thinking right? Blessings on obedience. The word even says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Sometimes we think we're giving something to God, and we think, okay, I did my diligence in my sacrifice. I'm good, right? He says, but I needed you to do this. But I sacrificed, God. I, I spent 10 minutes in prayer when I really wanted to do this. You know, that was my sacrifice. And he's like, no, I'm asking you to do 30 minutes in prayer and then do this. It's obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience. Sometimes we don't want to do it, but yet we do it. And my pastor asked me some things to do, and I didn't want to do them. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And you know what scripture rose up? <laughs> obedience is better than sacrifice. Okay, Lord, I'll take care of it. I repent. And so you jump in and you take care of those things. Obedience is better than sacrifice. But the victorious life that Christ has redeemed you from, right? Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. So now we're in Deuteronomy. This is all about the law that we've been redeemed from. Verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today. What are our commandments this day? To love the Lord thy God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Those are the two commandments that we walk in. 
when you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself, you, you fulfill all of the other laws that there are in the book. They all hang on those two. Because you're going to be obedient to God when you love him with all your heart. You're going you're gonna to have peace with him. You're going to want to do the things that he's asked you to do just for the fact that you love him. I stand here and raise my hand for him, not you. That's why I do it. I, I do it at home. I get on my knees at home. I practice getting into the presence of God at home because I do it for him because he's worthy. I study for you. <laughs> Amen? I study to bring the word for you guys. So which I command you this day that the Lord God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Verse 2. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So some people kind of get mixed up and they say, well, we're not in the Old Testament anymore. We're in the New Testament. But he's redeemed us from the curse of the law and the curse of the law is in the Old Testament. It doesn't say he's redeemed us from the blessing. The blessing is still there. Because it says, so that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That was still again in Galatians 13. Okay? So the blessings are still ours. And it is from the Old Testament. We use both. They both confirm each other. So and all these blessings should come upon you and overtake you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. And blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. That's your bank accounts. That's your jobs. We don't herd cattle now. We don't, you know, farm a lot out here. We all have jobs now. But it's still the same difference. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. You'll have plenty. Blessed will be the basket that you carry those things in. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. You don't have to fight your enemies. The Lord will take care of them. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command a blessing on you in your storehouse and to all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The blessings belong to you. The victory is yours it's sured but you got to believe you got to confess the Lord God as your Savior once you confess that Jesus is Lord your spirit gets born again you're just saying God I need you I believe and I want more when I got saved I did not believe that Jesus was raised from the dead it says confess first and then believe in your heart because that's where the rest of your redemption and your salvation comes from. I'm telling you, I could not fathom somebody being raised from the dead. Don't get stuck there. Get stuck on, okay, God, I just need more. And then as your salvation is continually walked out in your life, then I'm like, okay, I understand the power of God. I totally get he raised Jesus from the dead. I get it. He's got the power of God. I mean, he can do anything. He can do anything. So if he can do anything, with, with men it is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So if you're looking for a miracle, you've got to first confess Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior. Okay, God, I need you in your, my life. I need your help. I need your redemption. Then as you continue to walk out Jesus, then that package of salvation follows. 
You learn to understand the power of God. You learn to understand the fullness of your redemption. You learn to understand how to walk in the victory that he's already paid for you to walk in. Then you can start casting out demons. You can start commanding sickness to be off of your body in the name of Jesus. You can start commanding people who are lame to walk again. The deaf shall hear, the blind shall see, the mute will speak, the praises of the Lamb. When those people walk, it praises the Lamb of God. When the people are healed, it praises the Lamb of God. But we've got to understand the power that we can walk in. First, just believe. First, just believe. Jesus Christ, there is no other name for which a person can be saved. There's not. Don't listen to Buddha. Don't listen to New Age. Don't listen to Muhammad. They're not alive. They're in the grave right now. Only Jesus Christ is alive. That's it. None other is alive but God. That's it. Don't follow any other doctrine. School is hard. Don't listen. Don't listen to, to television. When they talk about other gods and... And there, there was a show, I can't remember what it was. But man, TV will mess you up. TV will mess you up. They bring in doctrine. They say they don't bring in doctrine of religion. But they bring it in because they bring in false doctrine. So they're bringing in doctrine of religion. They're just not bringing in Jesus Christ as the only way. And I'm here to tell you he's the only way. He's the only way. He will redeem the brokenhearted. My heart was broken. My heart has been broken and broken and broken and broken growing up. Man, just, just broken. The one thing I held on to, because, I mean, my mother and I have a good relationship now, but I thought, how could a mom abandon their child? How could a father abandon their child? How could that happen? It, it just, I just couldn't fathom it. But the one thing I held on to was that God has got to be greater. Everybody always talked about his love. I was like, well, what does that look like? He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He was my one thing I trusted. He's the one thing I looked for because I was tired of being abandoned. I was tired of being struck down. I was tired of being destroyed. I did everything I could to find what would give me peace in my heart. What would love me, right? I, everybody wants to be loved. I was looking like, what would love me? My own mother doesn't love me. I must be really awful, right? I mean, you don't love your own children, right? Don't you think that? You must be just the yickiest person in the world. Nobody could love me if my own mother couldn't love me. I needed to be loved. Everybody needs to be loved. And I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves our anger. He just wishes we wouldn't do it. <laughs> he loves our bad attitudes. He just doesn't want us to do it. He loves us in our faults and our failures. 
and he loves us in our successes and our victories. Nothing can remove the love of God from your life once you confess him as Lord. Once you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord, that love will never, ever leave you. Ever. And I know that when I first met God, it was like he was everywhere. Everywhere. I could see him like instantly everywhere. I felt love all the time. I always felt love. It was amazing. It was such freedom. Such contentment in my heart came from that. But then there was a time when I got to a place where I was like, where are you, God? It just seemed like he like disappeared. And if that's what it's like, that's because he's drawing you closer. He wants you to come deeper into more understanding, into more fellowship, more prayer, more time getting to know him so you can put your full trust in him. You can't trust someone that you don't know, especially when somebody that you know and love has burned you. You don't trust anybody at that point. So the only person left is God. He will help you, and he will always love you. Always. He loves you. I don't know how to, I wish you could feel the fullness of my heart of his love. There's so much peace with God. Who cares about the blessings once you discover you're loved? Man, it doesn't even matter. You live in poverty. It doesn't matter because there's so much contentment that comes in your heart. God is it. And there is no other name. Adam, want play that song? Please? Thank you. You know which one, right? Yeah? Yeah, please. That would be good. Thank you. So I want to give you guys a minute. Just stay seated. I'm not going to ask you to stand. If you want to stand, of course, do whatever you want to do. This is between you and God. But I want you guys to close your eyes. Because I don't want you to think that anybody is looking at you. Because I know we do have hang-ups and we do worry about what other people think. And I'm here to tell you, every, I'm looking at everybody's eyes and they're going to be closed. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Keep your eyes closed. And Adam's going to play this song. And I want you to think about love. I want you to think of what you think love should look like. Close your eyes. Thank you. <laughs> you think about love. <laughs> 